Good morning. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day again for the umpteenth time. But uh, moms are worth it. Worth saying it over and over and over. Uh, I feel so funny knowing that that door is open behind me. It's just, it's kind of like when you sit in the restaurant with your back to the door and you can't see, maybe that doesn't bother you, but I'm one of those people. I like to have my back against the wall. Um, but, uh, but the, uh, thanks. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I think it's worth saying. I mean, Mother's Day is an amazing day. And, and wow, you know, we're here. Um, all of us get an opportunity to celebrate motherhood. We're here to celebrate our moms today. I think it's, it's worth taking note that moms, we're, we're going to talk about how moms can be like God, and it's important to acknowledge that. But I think we should take note of the fact that not everybody has kind of the storybook experience, right? right. Not everybody has had that that storybook, that, that idea of, you know, the mom there. And, and many of us have, but, you know, in a, in a congregation this size, it's, it's easy to say, you know what, not everybody's had that. That uh, there are some people for different reasons, whether it's loss or sin, whether it's estrangement, for whatever reason, you know, we can be sure that there's somebody who hasn't had that storybook experience. And I think it's worth pausing and considering uh, that even if it doesn't apply to you, it may apply to somebody else. That, that's here, or maybe somebody you even know. But let's rest assured that we're going to talk about how moms can be like God, and not everybody's was like that, but God didn't intend it to be that way, right? God, how God intended it to be is not always how it is, um, because of free will and, and many other reasons. But I think it's important that we recognize that. But amen. You know, the, uh, the title of today... Uh, sermon is it's simple it's nothing crazy but it's how moms can be like god how moms can be like god so if you're taking notes there you go but i uh i want to pray before we get started uh let's pray together father i give thanks to you we all give thanks to you We, we bring our hearts before you into your throne room god we pray that our hearts can be humbled that we can be uh excited and joyous to be before you today. I pray that your word can speak powerfully, that, that you would lead me by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we can really come to even a better and greater understanding of who you are, Father, from relationships we can see from, from mothers and, and the ways that you believe in us, God, the, the vision you have for us, how you, you will love us and care for us, God. We love you. We pray that our hearts can be easily led today. I speak powerfully through me. I love you. I give thanks to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as um, I, I always felt like I appreciated my mom. My mom and I were really good friends. Um, I was I was a bit like I think the relationship that I hear maybe a few of you have had with some of your sons. You know, like Liz and Ben. There was a little bit of like roughness there in the beginning. And now it's like in church, they're like snuggling together. And I'm just like, that is so cute, you know. And that's amazing to see how that relationship has changed and, and matured. And, and it's amazing to see that. It's amazing to see what a mom's love can do and how it, it nurtures and changes and, and equips us, honestly, to, to be the people that they dream for us to be. And I, I, I want to get us started here. In Luke chapter 1, so if you have your Bible. But my title of my first point 
is moms believe in their kids. Moms believe in their kids. Now the idea is, it's not just about how, it's how moms are like gods, and so, or like God. And so when you hear the, uh, when you hear, maybe to some kids, but the, uh, you know, when you hear mom, in many ways, it's, it's the, the best qualities are like God, right? And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 1 and get us started this morning. Starting in verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be uh, married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? You know, it's funny, he doesn't say that you'll still be a virgin when the angel's born, though she was. But what's funny, in this whole situation, the angel's like, you're going to give birth to a son. He's going to be great. He's going to be the king of the, on the throne of David. He's going to be amazing. Right? And her question, she doesn't doubt any of that. Her question is, but how's that going to happen? I'm a virgin. She doesn't doubt in her kid at all. Like, she says, well, of course he's going to be great. He's my kid. Yeah, I mean, she just, right away, early, from, from early on, she's already believing in who her son would be. Right? The hard part wasn't the fact that all the allusions to the Messiah, that wasn't that he would sit on the throne of David, it wasn't that he was going to be great. All of that was easy. But how am I going to get pregnant? Because I'm a virgin. Right? That was the thing that made her stumble. That, that was the thing. She just already believed in her kids. You know, I think it's funny to look at that, for her to say, of course that's going to be true. And I think for all of us, for moms, I think there's a way that moms can dream for their kids. Right? Moms have great dreams for their kids. What, who they want their kids to be, what, they, what they, their hopes and their dreams for their future would be, how much they love their children. I mean, there's just that deep desire to see them do well. Right? And, and that, that comes... Often, for most moms, I mean, it's just there. I think it's even there for some that that's harder, but they don't know how to do to deal. But moms can handle and even try to work with us. It's funny. There's um, there's a saying: if, if if at first you don't succeed, right, do it the way your mother told you, right. If at first you don't succeed, do it the way Mama said. Like you'll figure it out, right? Because Mama knows. What's there? She has a vision. She's, she's been a few steps ahead of you. 
so many times. You know, and, and what's funny is that mom sees kind of where you're going in so many ways, and she wants to help you if you start to get off the path. And in the same way, God is the same way, right? God's got a hope and a vision for us. He's got that hope in the future. You know, we know the scripture, many of us, but turn over to Jeremiah. To look at the heart of God for His people. In Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You know, in this scripture though, in in 29.11, you see God is speaking to the Israelites. He's speaking to His people. right? And we know that we, we disciples of Jesus, are His people now. And he, for he knows those who will become disciples, right? who are going to make that decision. But we, we look at it and God's going, I know the plans I have for you. I know what they are. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. This is the heart of God for His people. Now, this is a specific promise to a specific people at a specific time. However, the heart of God is still true. To say, I know what they are. And and there are different reasons and different times and different challenges that come in life. But you look at God's heart and goes, I want great things for you. And ultimately, you know, you look at what does God want? Well, John 10.10, Jesus says, I come to give you life and life to the full. Right? And Mark 10 Jesus, Jesus is saying, hey, if you give up anything for me in this life, you'll receive it a hundred times more. Right? A hundred times more. And it's, we look at that, what is, what is God's heart? It's to be generous and to bless us, right? Isn't that true? I mean, so often, so often with moms, the same way is the heart to, to love, to encourage, to, to help, to guide. And I was having a conversation recently um, about with with two brothers about someone um, I know, and I was trying to explain, you know, hey, you want to see this person? It, this wasn't too recent, but I was trying to ha- help them see, like, okay, this individual, you see who they are now, and you see some of the good in them that comes out and just blinks. But if you would just look at them, how God sees them. Like those good, those are the, those are the ways God made them to be. But then the, the selfishness that comes up, the, the pride that, that, that comes out, he goes, those aren't, that's not the way that God designed them or made them to be. That's the person that sin has, has changed them into. Yet the, the person that God sees is the one who's generous and kind and selfless and so compassionate and is ready to serve at any moment's notice. I mean, that, and, and, and I'm thinking of an individual, but this is so true of so many of us. That who God made us to be, and has a vision and hope and dream for you to be, is incredible. Right? There's so much belief in you, in who you can be, and that's what God has for you. God desires to bless you with so much. You know, ultimately His plan is to help us to get us to heaven. His desire is to get us to be with Him one day. That's amazing. Do you see how, do you, do you see how much God loves you? You know, 
Do you consider it? Moms believe in their kids. And moms want to help their kids. Same as God wants to believe and help His kids. Right? And it's funny, point two is, is moms can get their... Well, moms can get you to all that. Most of the time. For at least a little while. Sometimes. No. You know, moms... Moms have a way of getting to us, right? And, and they, how they get to us changes at different times. But turn over to, uh, to John chapter 2. You know, how do moms get us to obey? And I have a few stories of how my mom got me to obey, but... Man, I mean, sneak one or two in there, but... The... Uh, Looking at John 2, I want to look again back at Mary. In John 2, verse 1, On the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan, in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman... Why do you involve me in this? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. (laughs) Nearby stood the six stone jars. And we know what happens. Jesus turned water into wine. Made enough wine that everybody had it. Made some amazing wine. But what do you see about Mary? Mary didn't raise her voice. She just said, hey, there's a need. And he's like, why are you involving me? There's a little bit, I don't know if it's that exasperation right there. You know, I don't think that's necessarily there. I think he's just, why are you doing this? And what does she say? She just turns around and goes, he's going to take care of it. Just do whatever he tells you. It wasn't, it wasn't, there was no thought that there was going to be an argument. She just knew that he would do it. She just knew he would get it done. Right? He, Mary had his number. She knew how to get her son to do what needed to be done or what she wanted him to do. Right? And we look at that though. How does she do that? You know, they, they, moms at different times, there's different, different stages of life, right? There's the different stages where you're holding your kid's hand. Right? Sometimes you need them to come somewhere while you grab their hand and you just take them with you. Right? They still don't want to come. They flop. They do the flop. Uh, I'm waiting to see if James is going to do the flop. You know, then you just have to pick him up. And the dead weight, you know, it's a dead, dead weight baby is way harder to carry than the, the like, one that holds together. But, you know, you, you have to pick him up. Sometimes you have to, there's the raise the voice. Sometimes you've got to bring the discipline. You know, for me, there was the belt. That happened um, when I was a little kid. Amen. Uh, once my mom tried when I was 15, it didn't work. Um, but, you know, that was, that was there. There was, there was a change, though, in the relationship. At different times, the mother, you have to take the hand. But eventually you learn that it's, you don't have to lead by the hand. You know, there's, there's a saying that says, mother hold, Mothers hold their children's hands for a little while, but will hold their child's heart forever. 
And in some, in, in different ways, in different shapes, and in, in all the relationships, that's so true. You may hold the hand for a little while. You may be the one to, to lead and, and, and take them where they, you, they need to go. But there will be a time where it's, you'll have the heart, right? And when we look at Mary with Jesus and, and God with us, and in so many ways, I look at this. You know, grown sons learn to obey their mothers not because of fear, but because of love, Right? Like, I'm not afraid of my mom. I'm not afraid of my mom anymore. She can be a little bit intimidating. She has some long nails and and that could be scary. But, you know, I'm not afraid of my mom. But if my mom asks me to do something, I'm going to do it because I love my mom. Right? And if your mom's going to ask you to do something, you're not going to do it just because you're afraid of her. You're going to do it because there's love there. Right? And when we look at that, when we look at ourselves, you know, moms have a, a great way of understanding us that, that few men can really do because they see into our hearts in a different way. Moms just see their kids in a way that, that I think dads are, have a much harder time to do. And I think it's because you have a, a greater gift of empathy. You're more like God in that way. I really see that in moms. But to, to have the empathy to look into the heart and see it. But that's how God sees you too. And we look at this though and we see, how do we do? You know, in, in Proverbs 9.10 and in Proverbs 1.7, it says, Fear had its time. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Or fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now I remember there was a time where I was afraid of my mom. Right? I mean... Maybe some of you weren't afraid of your mom. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I was I was afraid of my mom. There was there was one point I had to clean my room and she was really upset because I didn't clean the room the way I needed to and she was really mad at me and she scared me and I said you're scaring me and she says good <laughs> and I was like she's like you need to be scared of me uh, you know what and there was a time for that because I needed to learn to obey. Right? Because the fear was the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge. And I learned from that, trust me. You know, but my mom loves me so much. I don't even doubt it, even slightly. But there was a time where I needed to fear her. But then there was a time where I would get up in the morning and go in the room and she'd be getting ready and and I'd be waiting for the school bus and I would just be talking to my mom. And I developed a great friendship with my mom. And not everybody has that. But, you know, the aspect was that that relationship matured. And there came a time where I didn't obey because I was afraid. But how about us with God? Right? Because fear of the Lord, that is a place to start. But that's not the place it should end. Right? You know, we, we look at the scriptures and we see, we see these relationships. How is it with you and God? I mean, turn over to John 14. We're going to look at just a couple different scriptures here really quickly. John 14, verse 15. It says this. If you love me, you will obey what I command. You know, 1 John three sixteen says, This is how we know. I'll wait. 
First John three, verse sixteen. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life, laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Right? This is how we know what love is. That God showed us first. Right? That that was shown there. And I see this, and, and I just go, this is how we know. This is how we know what love is. And then, it, Jesus is even saying in John 14, if you love me, you will obey my commands. It's not because you fear me. It's not because of that. He says it's because you love me. Right? Now, how do we do? Do we obey because we love God? Or do we obey because we're afraid? Oh, I'm going to lose my salvation and I'm not going to make it to heaven. And something horrible is going to happen to me. You know, right? Right? I mean, there's some of us, I I know, that can think like that. But we don't obey because we're afraid. We obey because we love. You know, we, we obey because we have an assurance of our salvation. We don't have to earn it. You can't earn it. It's impossible to earn your salvation. God has already blessed it and given it to you as a gift when you were baptized, right? You were raised as a new creation, a new life, completely the work of the Lord. A free gift to you. Right? And He's saying, if you love Me, and that love comes from a growth and understanding of what we've been given, but He says, you'll obey My commands. 2 Corinthians 5.14 For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for Him who died for them and was raised again. You know, this idea of love, there was a quote from a, a mom of seven children who was doing an interview. That's a lot of kids. Um, you know, we see this in, in saying Christ's love compels us and, and how God loves us and, and that we do this and we live and, and we live this way, but we always wonder, how does God love you? How much does God love you? Right? And we think, oh, God loves us all. That's true. And there was this quote from this mom I thought was really interesting. A mother of seven children was interviewed and asked, so I guess you loved... I guess you love them all. I guess you love them all equally. And this was her response. No. I loved them. I loved them all. Each one of them, but not equally. I loved the one the most that was down until he was up. I loved the one the most when she was weak until she was strong. I loved the one the most that was hurt until he was healed. And I loved the one the most that was lost until she was found. I thought that was really profound to think about it. But to think about how God loves us and the way God pours out his love and works on our hearts and comes after each of us. And there's times where I go, how does God love me? Well, he loves me very uniquely in my own way. And he loves you very uniquely in your own way in an amazing way that I think moms can understand in an incredible way. And... and to love, though, at the times when we need to be loved. That's how God loves us. Right? 
And sometimes those times are hard. But I look at this and I go, how do you see God's love for you? Do you see God's love for you? Because He loves you so much. And I want to encourage us to get to know it because He loves us like you're greater than any mom can love her child. Right? There are some psalms, incredible psalms about that. But I love to look at this scripture and it's amazing. But how's it going? Obeying because you're loved. Right? God, moms know how to get us to obey. And ultimately, it's going to be through love. God is the same way. He's going to get us there through love. Amen? Let's look at this. Third point, turn over to Luke 2 again. Moms love when we deserve it the least. Luke 2, verse 41. Luke 2, verse 41. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12, 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? You know what's so funny about this? If Emmett were to say something like that and be like, didn't you know that I would be here? Uh, excuse me? You know? I mean, there would be, yeah, no? Uh, you look at that, I mean, Jesus never sinned. Right? I mean, let's be clear, Jesus never sinned. But he might have come close right here. Alright? Like, he's been gone three days. You hear the stories about the moms who lose their kid in the supermarket and they're like, you know, just like running through the aisles, like looking for their kids. And, you know, the worst part is if they're like, we have your child at the front register. And then like the parents, you know, to get their kid. But, you know, Jesus was gone. They were looking for him. They were anxious and they're, they're going, where was he? You know, this is one of those moments where I'm sure they may, I mean, it says he, he made them a little anxious. He made them a little bit upset by what he did, right? And we look at these, though. It says that she didn't understand what was happening there. But I think she treasured some of these things away. She remembers these things. And, and, and I look at this situation, and we look at how kids can be with, with parents, right? It's not always easy. 
maybe if you've ever watched somebody else's kids, um, sometimes kids are better for the babysitters. Sometimes that happens. Uh, sometimes they're not. But if you've ever spent enough time watching somebody else's kids, you get the screaming, you get the lack of discipline sometimes, depending on the children and, and for different reasons. But you get the idea why some animals eat their young. I mean, you just get it. You just understand. That's why they do it. Okay. Makes sense. You know, there was, a, there was another joke, another thing I was looking at, and, and there was a mom who had all these kids, had another bunch of kids, and they said, would you do it again? And she said, absolutely. Just not with the same ones. <laughs> You know, there's times where parents love their kids, right? And, and that love comes even at times when they're difficult. Sometimes it comes a little harder. But it comes, you know, and in the same way, it's true with us. Look at Romans 5 really quick. Romans 5, verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Turn to Ephesians 2 and look at this one. Ephesians 2. In verse 1. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age He might show the incomparable riches of His kindness, expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Right? You know, this is this idea of God loving us. Moms love their kids even when they're hard to love. Right? God loves us even when we don't deserve it. And that's the truth. Right? He died for us. Jesus died for us. You know, we, we, we think of that concept. And what does it mean to you today? To look at the Scriptures and to see, Mom, thank you for loving us. Mom, thank you for loving me. You know, there were times I know that I wasn't easy to love. I had a, I had a food allergy. I was hyperactive and violent as a little kid. Uh, literally, I had a time where I ate a bowl of Fruit Loops. I was jumping from couch to couch and, and like literally bouncing off of the walls. Um... It was crazy. There are times where I know that my mom had to struggle with me, to love me. There, there had to be because of that. 
But you know what? She still loved me. And there had to be times where God has struggled. Maybe not. But God has loved you in the times where you have not been easy to love. Right? You think about that. Do you dwell on that? How meaningful it is to you? It's more meaningful to me more and more as I learn what it means to be a parent. But I think about it. I think about how hard it is when at one time we were actually enemies of God. When we said, I'm opposed to you, Lord. It reminds, there's this poem about how, I don't know if it's a poem, it's a list of different things, but it's, I loved you enough. And this woman writes this, and, and it's, a, it's a mom writing to her kids. But she said, how did I love you enough? She said, someday, when my children are old enough to understand the logic that motivates a mother, I'll tell them, I loved you enough to bug you about where you were going, with whom, and what time you would get home. I loved you enough to insist you buy a bike with your own money which we could afford, but you couldn't. I loved you enough to be silent and let you discover your best friend was a creep. I loved you enough to stand over you for two hours while you cleaned your bedroom, a job that should have taken me 15 minutes. I loved you enough to say, yes, you can go to Disney World on Mother's Day, You've never been to Disney World? That's tough. That's not easy work. I loved you enough to let you see anger, disappointment, and tears in my eyes. I loved you enough not to make excuses for your lack of respect or bad manners. I loved you enough to admit that I was wrong and ask for your forgiveness. I loved you enough to ignore what every other mother did or said. I loved you enough to let you stumble, fall, hurt, and fail. I loved you enough to let you assume the responsibility for your actions at 6, 10, and 16. I loved you enough to push you off my lap, to let go of your hand, to be deaf to your pleas, to resist your demands, seeing that you had to stand on your own. I love you enough to to accept you for what you are, and not what I wanted you to be. But most of all, I loved you enough to say no when you hated me. And that was the hardest part of all. God has loved us so much in the times where when we did not love Him back, He has loved us enough. Do we see His love for us? Moms, you're a great example to so many of us of what love is. Consider yours. Consider that love. Are you grateful? Think about it. Moms, I want to say thank you again. Thank you for who you are, for what you do, for what you teach us, for how you lead us, for how you let us go, how you let us fall, scrape our knees, get up, help us with our homework, help us with different things. I mean, help us get out of bed in the morning. All of these things that are not always easy to do. Thank you for what you do. But let's be sure that we thank our God who's given us moms. And all of us have them. Amen.